1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third is CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today as always by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we are coming to you all live with a recap of the United States women's national team 6-0 win over South Korea a.k.a. the farewell game for Carly Lloyd. Before we get into everything tonight, a quick reminder to you all to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. If you're watching live on YouTube, thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new video, interview, or whenever we go live. uh, Just head on over to YouTube.com slash Attacking Third.
0: Hit subscribe. Lisa, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Um, A positive result from the USA, a pretty emotional night. I mean, of course, for Carly Lloyd and her teammates, but like for me watching at home, I definitely got tearful watching um, her receive her jersey with 316 caps at the start of this match and her subbing off and her post game speech and everything. It was emotional. I grew up watching Carly Lloyd play. I I did. And that's who I looked up to as one of my role models in this great game. Um, But happy for the US on this win happy that they've kind of closed this chapter of the US women's national team and now we get to look forward to the January camps which i know that's far away we still have this game to talk about but um i'm feeling a lot i'm feeling a lot right now sandra how are you what what emotions are you feeling
1: you know i'm with you i don't i don't know if i like i thought that i was going to feel any type of way um coming into a match like this i think just because of doing what we what I've been doing for so long in the space, you you kind of grow a little bit of a detachment to that, to that to kind of stuff at times. I'm not there yet. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But I mean, honestly, like I'm I'm a human being. <laughs> like you know, I'm a human being with like a brain and a heart and thoughts and emotions. So like honestly, what it what like what did it for me was um, like probably the responsive and reactions from the teammates. Uh, yeah. I mean, and just thinking about like uh, all of the recent headlines around women's sports right now, whether it's been things that have been happening with NWSL or like the WNBA and, and the the championship winning Chicago sky there. And like thinking of somebody like Candace Parker, who had a really great response to, to a media question where it was like, don't worry about telling your story. Like time, time will tell it. And it just sort of like watching this entire week, this international window. Right? Um That really was sort of adjacent to that was built is like the final farewell to Carly Lloyd on, on the international level. And you sort of, you know, already in your head as being built is that you're going to start getting bombarded with you know the highlights the clips the the stats right the numbers that the dates the timelines and all that um but then when you watch the games unfold when you and also
0: to, the really sentimental like sophia bush narrating
1: yeah. <laughs> like when you start to like see all that and and not just see like the person reacting to it but watching like her teammates react to it right her current teammates um because this is someone who's they're celebrating a, a, a like almost two decade long career. So she has, Carly Lloyd has had many teammates, but these current teammates, probably the majority of them that have not been her teammate for a very long time, reacting to all this in a very similar kind of emotional way, I think kind of really says a lot about, uh, about the moment, uh, for sure. So th- that's probably like what what did it for me. I was like, oh, I was like, Jesus, I was like that's that's so nice, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just sort of see everybody kind of on the same page and and celebrating this very uh very very epic player. At uh, least in our in our preview for this this match, we we chatted a little bit about about that emotional component, right coming into into this into this second match. they, they, they played South Korea to a scoreless draw in the first of this two game series. and then they come in tonight and, and do what they did and we're gonna get into that. but before but before we did that, within the preview, we chatted about all that stuff uh, and we were like, well, what is that final like starting 11 gonna look like with with Carly Lloyd's final? farewell so we tried to play around a little bit and we had like another moment where we were like let's do like a little wish list so I thought before we actually get into the reactions to this starting 11 week and um, chat a little about uh, refresh the listeners uh, about our, our, our wish list what we were looking to see I know for for myself I did want to see uh, Jane Campbell, Emily Fox, uh, Becky Sauer and Tarana Davidson, Casey Kruger to possibly run out that uh, defensive side of things and I wanted to see Lavelle Macario Mewis get a start uh, with Lloyd up top and, and, and Williams and Smith, uh, alongside her. And I, we got, I got some of those. And then I think similarly, you got, got some of those too. I don't know if you want to remind the listeners real quick, who you were looking out for tonight.
0: Yeah. Starting in goal, I had French and then Kruger, Davidson, Sauerbronn, Fox, um, in the back, Horan, Macario, and Christy Mewis in the midfield, Pew, Lloyd and Williams up top. So we had some misses, some hits and some misses. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm not surprised with how Vlako Andonofsky did start this match, which I'm sure we're going to dive into and you'll read off. But um, it's it's always fun to do our wish list and kind of pick who we want. It's not necessarily who we think, but it's who we want. Um, but, hey, the U.S. got the win tonight. So something worked well for Vlako Andonofsky.
1: Yeah, to com- I think the- – Bit, two very different games, uh, for sure, when we look back on this international window. The United States Women's National Team uh, starting lineup had head coach, coach Flacco Andonofsky made like eight additional swaps, uh, you know, going into this match. And his starting 11 looked as follow: They had Jane Campbell and Nett, Emily Fox, Tina Davidson, Abby Dahlkemper, and Emily Sonnet to run out the back line. Andy Sullivan, Katarina Macario, Lindsay Horan, Mallory Pugh, Sophia Smith, and Carly Lloyd uh, all getting the start in this one tonight. And, and I think a lot of people People's initial reactions to to some of uh, some of the names on the starting 11. It was like, wow, it's like they're really putting Carly Lloyd out there with just like the straight up next generation yeah. of, I- uh, of U.S. Women's National Team players. It was it was kind of funny to sort of see that plan out that way.
0: Even the U.S. Women's National Team Twitter and, and Instagram, social media, when they put out this starting lineup, I think their their caption was Carly and the kids, which <laughs> is so funny because not these players aren't necessarily the youngest in the pool. I mean, a lot of them are, um, but it really is kind of the future of this team or what the future could potentially look like of this national team. Um with one of the greats and Carly Lloyd, uh, starting at the top of this formation and, and being that number nine striker. Um, I was really excited to see Emily Fox in there. She was at the left back position, which is where she plays a lot for racing Louisville. And now under Sanchez, uh, Louisville's new head coach, she's been slotted onto the right side a little bit, but a right footed, predominantly right footed player that can play both left and right, which makes her so versatile. And because left back is a position that, um, isn't that deep for the United States women's national team. It's good to see a really young player and Emily Fox being slotted into that role to maybe see development in that role. We've seen Crystal Dunn play there. Casey Kruger has played there as well. Um, Emily Sonnet traditionally plays on the right or in the center back, not so much on the left. Uh, just interesting how these things kind of turn out. And Andy Sullivan sitting in that sixth defensive midfield position. We didn't see her last week in the first match against South Korea due to injuries and things like that. But she made it out there tonight, um, which is good to see. We did talk about that, Sandra, before we made our wish list. If if she was going to be available or not. I think you had her in your midfield and then you were like, well, if she's not available. I don't want to lose out on yeah. that position. Um, I did say that, yeah. <laughs> but she she was in there. And I think that... Having Andy Sullivan in the midfield as that six defensive holding mid position, allowing Lindsey Horan the freedom and the ability to move forward down the pitch, uh, it, it works so much better for the midfield. Not that Horan can't play that defensive midfield six. Uh, But she's better higher up the pitch. She's better with the ball on her foot and and looking to play that final pass, looking to go to goal, dribbling at defenders, whereas the defensive mid 6 position is more of a holding position. It's quickly receive the ball and distribute again, sit in those pockets and disrupt your opponents. And that's more Andy Sullivan's role. Yes, Horan can do it, but... I much prefer Haran higher up the field. So when I first saw this lineup, I was pretty pumped to see that, as well as some of the youngsters and in, in Mallory Pugh, who's um, really making her her mark and trying to be a namestay in this U.S. national team lineup, as well as Sophia Smith, who uh, we'll get into what these attacking players can do. But um, alongside Carly Lloyd, it was fun to see the contrast in in veteran and and younger player in the starting attacking lineup.
1: No, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think, you know, seeing, um, some some of the, the players that we had hit on in our wish list, but uh Andy Sullivan was a huge one, I think, for me when when I saw her available as part of the starting eleven, I was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna see some things tonight. And and we did. And honestly, Emily Fox was a big one too. I know we were like a little curious as to whether or not uh she would have earned a a start based on her her minutes coming off the bench in the previous game, and, and that ended up playing out uh the way that it did. And these two players in particular, I would like us to maybe kind of zoom zone in on a little bit because their impact in this game was, was immediate. It was evident from like the first whistle in this one. I mean, my goodness, Emily Fox mm-hmm. with a free kick uh, for, for the, for the women's national team in like the opening two minutes yes. of this match. It's just like just immediately getting involved in, in the attack. Um, and it was so delightful to just sort of see um, what is being considered sort of this next wave of, women's national team players get out there, get into a match like this and really sort of look like they're developing this really good chemistry uh, with each other and able to sort of execute a game plan after coming off of a scoreless draw against the, this very same team just a few days before. But we we saw that from from Fox and she was getting involved in the attack right away, dribbling up yards and yards and yards up the pitch uh, while making her, you know, recovering runs. And somebody like Andy Sullivan, you know, breaking lines. And, and adding adding defenses and um, uh, adding defense uh, against the opposition, but uh, really sort of um, coming into watching what Andy Sullivan can do um, offensively, I think is incredibly special because we we could see that she's a very smart player and she's able to read uh, read oppositions and able to break things down. But her ability to sort of kickstart an attack with, with a very with a long ball just on a dime is just so so impressive, and we saw that in the opening goal for this women's national team just with I think it was in the opening ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to sort of see her pick off this ball, just launch it forward to somebody like a uh, so- Sophia Smith, who's just again the, the wingers in this game is just very very impressive. The, the dynamic that we saw happening with with Sullivan. Macario, uh, Hugh, uh, Smith. It was, if it, it just felt very, we were witnessing something very, very special. Um, and to see Sullivan sort of spearhead this attack to Smith and then Smith laying off to, to Heran, and boom, we got the first, the first goal of the evening. It, it was a much different start for this team compared to, to the previous match. Uh, and then there was a, I think maybe it excited them a little bit uh, because the second goal didn't end up coming up uh, until right before the halftime um, mark. But, but even then it was a little curious. I have again, Emily Fox getting involved in the Mm -hmm. attack, um, winning that, that late half uh, corner, taking a shot herself, forcing a save deflecting out and Macario's service from the corner, kick flag into the box caused a little bit of chaos and it, pings a little bit off some bodies and Smith and Sullivan are again, these two figures who are having a strong first 45 causing a, uh, some more chaos and it, it, it forces an own goal. Um, so this team is up to zero heading into halftime. So it was just a very different first half that we were witnessing from this team, Lisa.
0: It, it was. And I think that individual performance was improved and elevated. It, just looking at the last match that the U S women's national team played against South Korea last Thursday and this one only focusing on these two 90 minute matches, um, the individual play was much better. Even Emily Fox, when she got in last week on Thursday, it was a little hectic. It was a little frantic. Um, yeah, she only got 20 minutes, 30 minutes in that match um, to show and prove herself. And when you start a game, you it's it's almost like a reset button for some players where they say, OK, I'm being trusted enough to get potentially 90 minutes. That's how you have to look at it. It's like when you start a class, you start with a 100. It's just if you go down from there. Um, So Emily Fox, right off from, right from the very first whistle into the attack and and not just setting up plays, but drawing fouls and being a multi-dimensional player driving down end line, cutting inside, uh, playing defense higher up the pitch to win the ball back for the U.S., um, which helps so much better if you can win the ball back higher up into your attacking end. And Sophia Smith, um, a player that truly looked different this time around on the pitch for the U.S. team than she did just last week. Last week, it was frantic every time she got the ball it was so quick and such quick movements that it's almost as if she wasn't focused on what she was doing just errantly crossing balls into the box they weren't going to anyone they weren't being placed and especially on this opening goal that came in about the ninth minute uh, when she receives this ball she attacks the space in front of her but she's not focused on herself and what she's doing with the ball. She gets her head up, she looks inside the 18-yard box. She sees where her runners are. Instead of just crossing it in and saying, "Hey, I hope someone gets on the end of it," she spots out her teammate Lindsay Horan making the late run into the box and plays it to Horan's feet. That's what a US Women's National Team winger needs to do. It can't just be blindly crossing them in. Um and 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 same as Mal Pugh. I mean, she I don't think she was as consistent as Sophia Smith in this match. Um, I'm just going to call it like I saw it. She had a wide open breakaway that she needed to finish. Um, there's no excuse about that. She hit it right at Kim, the South Korean goalkeeper. And and that needs to be put away. In tighter games uh, for the U.S. and against uh, maybe different composite competition than they saw where they don't have – 30 shots a game and 13 shots on goal, that's going to be the one shot that needs to be put away that could be the difference between winning and losing a game, whether it's a World Cup match, a World Cup qualifying match, an Olympic match. And if Mallory Pugh can't finish that in a match like this when you already have a goal, um, that's a little bit concerning. I mean, no, it doesn't knock her off the, the roster by any means, but those are the things that I was keyed into that. Sophia Smith could rise to the occasion. Andy Sullivan, uh, Emily Fox, those younger players that are looking for more minutes, um, they need to do that. The increased productivity in the box and around the box needs to be successful and constant at this international level.
1: No, I hear you on that 100%. I mean, Carly Lloyd, I mean, fed her that ball up on a platter. It was just like this ridiculous, like just threading of the needle uh, as she saw this young player making a run into, into the box and all of a sudden the 1v1 opportunity and uh, just sort of gets iced out ultimately. But uh, I hear you. Those are things uh, that these young players are probably going to want to look back and, and and work on themselves in terms of the finishing. Uh, in In the second half, though, we – we started to see some some substitutions uh, come into play this this initial starting 11 uh got uh, a run back out on the pitch but maybe right around the 55th minute we started to see some initial changes uh, we saw Lavelle come on uh in place of uh, Macario we saw Megan rapino come on as well so we started to see some changing you know some changes happen early on again not uncommon uh you know under this uh, under this head coach uh but you know when they went up those two goals Really, when they went up that first goal and heading into this this second half, um, it did sort of look like uh, there were moment, there were there were parts and stretches during this match where it looked like the team was perhaps playing to the moment, and that mm-hmm. moment being Carly Lloyd's you know yeah. final farewell game. So you just sort of felt maybe like oh like if, if the plan is like let's get one, maybe let's get two, let's try to feed Carly right, and oh, then yeah. you just you could just sort of see like that night's like nine minute goal, and it's like. question mark, and then it's like, boom end of the the first 45 so it's kind of like all right let's see what's going on here and we we still saw some of that i think to initially start off the second half uh, where they were perhaps still trying to to feed through there and a little bit but um that, that 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 goal that final carly lord goal just uh, just 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 never came and it was really uh, let me ask you this lisa because I, and then i'll I'll share my reaction as well but we continued to see substitutions happen Throughout this second half and one of the next ones that we saw was just past the hour mark where it sort of felt like this United States you this United States team sort of was connecting again and it's sort of you could almost kind of feel like a, a goal is going to come and then it's Carly Lloyd's exit. So we're just past the hour mark. It's maybe around the 64th or 65th minute and then there is the exit, the the national team farewell uh to Carly Lloyd and uh, it was a very nice moment. Uh it's a moment that we've got to see for for many other historic players uh, in years prior. Uh taking off the boots, feeling the grass on your feet, making your exit, all of her teammates running on over to her to get in one last final hug, uh, perhaps shedding a tear here or there. Uh, And in a really, really kind of cool moment, uh, in the most Carly Lloyd of ways, perhaps, she was out there the entire time rocking uh, two jerseys because she takes off, she takes off the Lloyd kit and then reveals the Holland's number 10 as an ode to her husband, Brian uh, and, and makes her exit and Alex Morgan enters uh, the pitch. So let me ask you this, Uh, obviously emotions, you can share those if you'd like, but was it a little bit surprising for you to sort of see Carly Lloyd coming off just past the hour mark, especially when it sort of felt like momentum was being worked back up on the United States side of things again?
0: Yes. I'm going to answer that, frankly. Yes. But when you looked at the roster and who was starting, who was on the bench, you had Tobin Heath, Megan Rapinoe, Alex Morgan, all on the bench, all veterans, Becky Sauerbronn, all on the bench, all veterans, all people that Carly Lloyd has played with over a long period of time. So I was expecting some of those players to come on so that Carly Lloyd could play with some of her longstanding teammates for a little bit. So uh, when that that board went up from the fourth official saying that 13 was coming in for 10, I was very shocked. Um, it was not the 89th minute. It was not the 75th minute. That's That was like the biggest thing for me, um, but, Maybe that was talked about before. We don't know. I, I imagine that Carly Lloyd has a, had a say in some type of exit. Maybe not a full say, but maybe she said, hey, Blacko, it's up to you completely. Whenever you feel that I've done what I can do on the field, take me out. Um, I was a little shocked. I was expecting the 89th minute sub out from Carly Lloyd and the big emotions and ending the game, especially because she hadn't scored a goal at this point she hadn't had an assist at this point not that she needs to I mean she has plenty in her back pocket from all of her years of playing professionally and playing at this international level but I was I was a little shocked and a little sad but it did make it very emotional I was very happy to see her pull out that Holland's jersey something that um, we saw Heather O'Reilly do in 2016 when she retired not quite wearing the jersey underneath her other jersey the whole time that's a at least it was a chilly night in Minnesota. That's that's all yeah. I have to say. Can you imagine if it's like the <laughs> middle of summer, Tokyo, Japan, uh, yeah. playing in the Olympics this summer? But um, that was just the extra layer. Smart. Yeah, I was, I was sad. I was a little sad to see it, but it was such a bittersweet moment knowing that she had given everything she had. Um, and she did look a little emotional playing on the field. Uh, you could see it in her eyes. The runs that she was making weren't Typical Carly Lloyd runs. It was like, let me try to get on the ball, um, which is good. That's that's what you expect in a match like this, where it is her farewell tour and her farewell match, where all of the bells and whistles and the hoopla is surrounding her as a player and individual, not really the team.
1: I think, um, yeah, it was I think it was. I, I'm going to put myself in the same boat. I was I was a little bit surprised as well. I was like, wow, I was like this one, this one feels kind of early compared to some other ones uh, in the past. Um, you know, but, uh, like you said, so, some of these things are, are, I think are scripted to a certain extent and perhaps that was, um, always in, in, in the game plan, right. Mm-hmm. In in a game like this, but, um, yeah, emotions obviously running a uh, very, very, very high in that moment, but it's still very early in a, in a match. Um, and there's still, something to to play for you know i think if if a team like this is is built the, the way they are right probably seeing one of their biggest icons exit the pitch right and they're probably like let's let's put it on because all of a sudden we saw this real real sh- big shift sort of happen once lloyd makes this exit we see additional changes uh coming forth uh, deeper into the second half right around the 70th minute another triple change we see uh heath come on we see Lynn williams come on uh becky starburn getting some time uh in this one uh, as well to sort of close out uh, her two game series as well uh and um all of a sudden this this scoreline it's almost like in a blink of an eye lisa this this scoreline just balloons it absolutely balloons and it starts with alex Mor- megan rapino and alex morgan getting in on the show as well uh, ridiculous feed from from rapino to morgan who just slots it through the legs of the goalkeeper to make it 3-0 and very quickly you're like okay it's it's 3 nothing okay mm-hmm. like this this is starting to like make sense, like breaking up, but then it gets like it starts to, it keeps going. The energy keeps, uh, the, the goal scoring and the energy like keeps going. It's uh, it was very, very impressive. Um, Megan Rapino getting uh, in on the action in the 85th minute, a literal banger. Uh, her, 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 her goal just kind of nicking the crossbar and getting into the back of the net and and uh Roosevelt uh getting in on the fun as well in the 89th minute and lynn williams putting a cap on things and late stoppage time with a sixth goal lisa it's just this is final sort of 25 minutes of the match uh when this team just sort of looked like they were playing a, a little bit differently maybe perhaps not um looking to feed that final Mm -hmm. ball to the icon that they were all saying farewell to that night playing maybe a little bit more freely with with nothing to lose uh, ultimately um and just kind of ending in this scoreline which i don't think either of us (laughs) predicted in 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 our preview i think we were going to see we both agreed that we were going to see some goals but uh nothing from this and maybe it's it's a I don't think it's unfair to maybe look at the opposition side of things and then look at South Korea because they know what they came here for. Um, You know, these 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 last four games that the women's national team have participated in uh, were ultimately exhibition games, Uh, the post Olympic tour type of matches uh, Two against. Paraguay and now two against south korea and then south korea also getting the added the additional uh, emotional component where it's like hey like this icon of the game is leaving uh she will be playing minutes against your team and so a much different second match for for south korea just um out possessed in every way shape of the form that Tough on the shots. Just really didn't spend any time in the United States half. Um, so maybe I don't. You know, perhaps not unfair to to, to wonder um, how they were executing um, or what type of game plan that they were looking for in in a, in a match like this because they were kind of absent at times.
0: You have to look at the opposition and and what happened. You just mentioned shots. I mean, looking at the stats, twenty nine shots for the U.S., thirteen of them on goal. South Korea had two shots one of them on goal. So Jane Campbell really not tested, um, which we could argue Adriana French wasn't really tested in the last match these two teams played. Um, Another interesting thing to look at when you look at South Korea... And how they lined up in this match. They started, they, they bunkered down defensively, something they did not do last week in this first match, this no, no draw against the United States tonight. They pulled out and they looked like a six, three, one with a lone striker up top and their six in the back were pretty flat. It started as a four. And then about 10 minutes into the match that the two outside midfielders dropped back and it became six in the back that stood there and that they were in a direct line and there wasn't a lot of movement between them, um, which made it, a little bit more difficult for the United States to find those gaps between the defenders of South Korea in the first half. Um, we saw the goals that came in the first half. One of them for Lindsey Horan on the cross from Sophia Smith actually deflected off one of those six defenders standing in front of her. And then the second goal by Andy Sullivan off the corner kick was deemed an own goal um, after the halftime when, when the officials were about to look at it. Because they sat back and they put pressure on the United States. Now, they let them play in front of them, but as soon as the shots came, as soon as the pressure went to goal, that's where the defense for South Korea stepped forward. Now, at the start of the second half, that's when I'm going to argue that things – opened up a bit more, um, not just for the United States, but also for South Korea. They weren't playing necessarily a flat six in the back. They had four in the back and their outside midfielders were getting up more and contributing more into the attack. So the game opened up a lot more and we saw a lot more end to end. That's when we actually saw Tierna Davidson and Emily Sonnet, um, playing some defense. They really weren't in the first half. It was just a lot of possession. And now they were actually having to backpedal into their own defensive end, even at the top of their own 18-yard box, and and having to play a little bit more defense. Now, because of that, when teams attack the United States or any team attacks another team in, in this game we call, and we love soccer, they stretch out their defensive shape and there becomes holes and gaps. And that's when we saw players... Um, like Rapino getting in behind. And then as Alex Morgan subbed on, she had been watching from the sidelines, the really compact South Korean defense, and now how it had been opened up and she could see where the gaps and the holes were between their back line of defenders. And that's where she was able to slip through. Same as Megan Rapino, you can learn a lot sitting on the sidelines and watching your team trying to find the space and trying to find the holes when you can see it. Um, as an outsider looking onto the field. Um, So I think that's also what happened. I'm going to say it's a two-part. In the substitutes, definitely adding a different dimension and the emotions of Carly Lloyd being a huge factor in this match, but also South Korea took a little bit more of an attacking chance in the second half, which allowed the game to open up. Um, And it's just more fun when both teams are playing and looking to go to goal, as we saw in these second 45s. But you're exactly right. Before we know it, 2-0 at halftime, and next thing you know, four more goals for the United States, and uh, Lynn Williams capping off that one, uh, capping off the game with her Goal at the very end in this stoppage time um, and the goals that we saw in the second half were really good goals. They really were. I mean, Lynn William, or I'm sorry, Rose Lavelle's goal on a, a little, play, it, it was close. It hit off the yeah. South Korean defender Kim or excuse me, the goalkeeper Kim um, and ends up in the back of the net due to placement. But that's really the only one that was like a, a mishit by the United States. Whereas I'm going to argue the first two goals in the first half, they were, defensive mistakes from South Korea, not necessarily great goals from the United States.
1: I don't think that's uh, unfair, but it's it's <laughs> it also definitely doesn't take away from the fact that it was a huge scoreline uh, for oh, this yeah. team as well. 6-0 six, six uh, uh, victory on uh, Carly Lloyd's national team Farewell. There she has a couple of games left in her pro playing career. She will wrap up her season in NWSL with Gotham FC. They are in the middle of a playoff push with a couple games remaining in this final week of NWSL regular season action. She exits the game as the oldest scorer in US women's national team history. 134 goals, which puts her at third all-time, three hundred and sixteen caps, second all-time. 64 assists uh, fifth all time as of right now that's huge and of course obviously the accolades that go with that uh, world cups in 2015 and 2019 olympic gold medals in 2008 and 2012 to go along with fifa world player of the year in 2016 and 17 uh, a very very epic uh, career I, I know that uh, all the the buildup leading up to to these matches, um, you know, sometimes people aren't sometimes people aren't into to uh, the ruckus. Uh, maybe they come for for the sport and not the the celebration. But uh, when you go through some of all those numbers and when you go through some of all those. Um, accolades and awards uh, you could sort of kind of maybe connect the two and say okay so this is why there's all the big the big action and the big uh, commotion uh, for for this particular player and I think that's ultimately what makes a player like Carly Lloyd kind of stand out on when it comes to things on the pitch Um, there's probably uh, no other player that you can point at in, in recent National team mystery who probably has, um, has come up in very very big moments. I think that's also something that has uh, uh, separated this player from a lot of the rest. Uh, there's something about Carly Lloyd and her connection to moments in the brightest spotlights on the biggest stages, and uh, she has just come up big time and time again. And uh, you can't uh, her name won't be erased from the uh, the memory or records uh, books in that case uh, when you look at all of those. Uh, numbers so big night for the United States women's national team even bigger night for Carly Lloyd who's got uh, two more games left with Gotham FC so uh, if you're in the East Coast or <laughs> in the area you have a chance to 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 take it in um, check out uh, the last two games for uh, Lloyd the legend there for sure what's next for this team Lisa, I know that this match was uh, this match is uh, ultimately, yes, Build is is the final Carly Lloyd farewell. Ultimately as the final uh, domestic home match in 2021 for the United States, there is still potentially uh, room for one final series for this United Mm -hmm. States national team. However, if it does get approved, it's pending approval from the Australian government um, and there is still U.S. soccer still waiting for an update on that. So it would have to be adhered to strict uh, COVID-19 protocols. Um, and they would have to get approval for travel and things like that. So there's still something up in the air there. But um, we can't operate on maybes right now. So for now, uh, this is looking like this is for sure the final home game for this national team with potential for more overseas to close out the year more officially. Um, But we do know that in 2022, there are typically January camps for this national team. So looking ahead just a little bit, let's just narrow it in on this game. I won't get into anything longer because we're already going a little long right now, but looking at this recent international window and the players that were brought in to these September and October friendlies, who is going to continue to be part of this picture in 2022 and who do you want to see for sure?
0: Um, I think we have to start with the younger players on this uh, United States women's national team that have just started really to get minutes and, and get into the lineup. Um, I think we have to look at Tierna Davidson who had a fantastic Olympics run. Um, Emily Fox, who's done really well. Andy Sullivan, Kat uh, Macario, Mallory Pugh, Sophia Smith, definitely players that need to be on this radar and Casey Krueger. So just looking at uh, this match and those players that maybe didn't see a lot of minutes in the Olympics. Um, I imagine Lynn Williams will be invited back, of course. I, I honestly think it's harder for me to answer this question when I look at the veterans on this yeah. team. Um, there has been rumors talk that this could be one of the last go-arounds for Megan Murpino. She has not said anything official. Um, this is just pure speculation. There are other players that are, have, have seen a lot of time and a lot of minutes when you, when you look at this team. Um, I think Tobin Heath is still in the mix. She's a player that, um, Hasn't quite plateaued yet uh, from what I've seen from her. I think now playing with Arsenal has done wonders for her and she's being thrown new challenges, which I think could help the United States women's national team. You also look at a player like Becky Sauerbron, who has played a lot of minutes in a red, white and blue jersey. I don't think her time is up yet. I think that as a veteran leader, a center back leader, she has a little bit more to give, or at least a little bit more knowledge to pass along to some of the younger defensive players that might be slotting into this roster. So if we're, we're just looking at this last game, and those players, um, that's what I've got to say. I think m- most of them will be invited to the January camp. I think some of the biggest questions for me would be Megan Rapino, if she's there or not. Um, I don't know if Christine Lewis could be a question mark. She was on the the Olympics, uh, the Tokyo roster, but, um, she did not get time tonight. She did not sub into this match. So that's maybe a little bit different. She's a Claire that's been in and out of this roster and in and out of these camps. But January camp is a, ta- is a time for black to really hit the reset button on his team and kind of start from scratch. If you will, it er- erases the Olympics. It erases the world cup in the past. And it says, what do we have now going forward into a world cup qualifying year? Um, That's what I'm going to say for now. Sandra, when you look at this roster of players that were at the game in Minnesota uh, this evening, Tuesday night, who's going to camp in January?
1: You know, I believe it or not, I I feel like a good bulk of these these players mm-hmm. who are part of these exhibit these exhibition games in in the internationals for september and, and now in october are, are going to still be part of that january camp i mean the cool thing about those january camps is that we see a, a very long big extended picture i mean we see almost 30 plus players involved in these camps and those are official invites and that's not counting maybe perhaps the the very small handful of players that get invites in just to experience the training we often see um a lot of the regular, more alloc- the actual allocated players of this national team get into the mix and, and invites back into the camps, uh, and extended invites to players who had very successful NWSL seasons get invites mm-hmm. in those January camps. And then there's maybe some collegiate players that get invited just to get some some looks. So I think actually
0: now Sandra, you said that we had to look at the roster from these international friendlies. So I'm going to tell you who I better better see
1: there okay. basically. So of these of these two. Uh, Of these two particular windows I absolutely want to continue seeing uh, Andy Sullivan In the mix for these For for this camp and and for That midfield position specifically That six role Um I think the United States uh, national team was was hit with a lot of questions when they saw somebody uh, like Julliard sort of have to operate uh, on one leg, quite frankly, during uh, the, this run and, and stretch of year that concluded, uh, you know, friendlies and an Olympics. Um and then that's sort of where somebody like a Haran and a Mewis kind of came into play, where this is the midfield that we're going with to, to the Olympics, and perhaps a seventy percent, uh, you know, Julie Ertz. Uh, so to see somebody like Andy Sullivan get back in the mix and have the have not only the games that she was having in September and October for this national team, but the season that she's been having with the Washington Spirit in NWSL has been very. Very impressive. Um, And that is a team that has been dealing with a lot in, in the headlines in terms of things that are affecting that franchise on and off the pitch. And this is a player that has shown a lot of leadership in light of all of these things and has shown that she could still get on the pitch and ball out. And we saw it in these four matches specifically picking up goals and picking up assists and forcing own goals. Apparently Um, she's, she's that type of, of player. Um, So I absolutely need to see Andy Sullivan back in the mix in January. I need to see Katerina Macario. I need to see more Sophia Smith and I need to see more Mallory Pugh. Uh, We need to see these players uh, getting, involved in getting more camps uh, back with a lot of the regular uh, allocated sort of olympian players that we've been seeing Um, And getting themselves in the run of the mix, I think we'll probably have a really, really good idea of what Flacco is thinking of heading into 2023, probably in that first She Believes uh, tournament, uh, which usually takes place right after those January camps. So for me, my big four that I absolutely want to see returning in January is going to be Sullivan, Macario, Smith and Pew. For sure. But uh we'll see. That's in January. For now, Lisa, you and I have got NWSL action that we have to keep an eye on. And I know you and I are excited for that as well. Uh, we cover it all here on Attacking Third. Uh, if you again farewell to Carly Lloyd, she's got a couple games left with Gotham with Gotham FC coming up on Thursday. Don't miss out on the NWSL championship, it will be hosted by Louisville. NWCL Championship on November 20th. You can catch all that action on CBS. Stick with us. We'll be keeping you Updated with coverage all along the way. I want to thank you all for joining us and listening to us in our post game tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at attacking third or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast show. If you leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts with a question, Lisa and I will answer it as part of our mailbag segment. It's one of our favorite segments that we've introduced this year. And if you head on over with a question, leave five stars, we'll include you as part of our segment. Uh, if we're also available as video, so subscribe. To us on YouTube at youtube.com/slash attacking third, and Lisa and I will be back on Thursday with the final regular season of the NWSL Week in Preview. It is decision day for so many teams in the playoff push, so stay tuned for Sandra Rera and Lisa Roman. This was the
0: Okay, picture this: it's Friday
1: afternoon when a thought hits you.